Thank you for joining us wherever you are. This podcast episode is brought to you by the Old Ways Actual Play Team. This actual play uses the 7th edition Call of Cthulhu tabletop role-playing game rules by Chaos. This actual play is performed by adults and in an adult setting. While we try very hard to stick to language for all ages, listeners should know that this podcast may include mature themes. All content, including names, places, events, companies, and etc., that may bear resemblance to entities living or dead, is strictly coincidental. My name is Michael Diamond, and for tonight's game, I will be your keeper. Thank you for joining us again on another episode of the Old Ways Podcast. I'm your keeper, Keeper Michael, and we have returned to the England chapter of Masks of Neil Arthurtep. We have our investigators before us tonight at the table, at the virtual table, as we are still socially distancing. And uh, yeah, let's get into introductions. So to my right. It's Lonnie. I'm playing Lawrence Edward Oliver Forsyth. And uh, I don't remember much. That's interesting. I wonder why he might not remember much. Uh, to, to Lawrence's right. This is Morgan. I play Lillian Lane and I got my hands a little dirty. Yes, it's long since past time that uh, Miss Lane got her hands dirty, and uh, it's likely going to happen again, I would imagine. Yes. Yes. All right, well, two Morgans, right? Hi, this is James. I'll be playing Dr. Sigmund Tartenbach, and today his mind is abuzz with possibilities. Your mind does seem to buzz quite a bit. It's You should probably get that checked. Uh, and two, uh, the doctor's right. Tiffany, I play Maeve O'Shea, and books. Lots and lots of books. Uh, and last but most certainly not least. This is Alex. I'll be playing Simone Granger, and uh, the river is cold this time of year. <laughs> Actually, I'm fairly certain the Thames is cold all year round. I don't imagine it warms up very much. Maybe, maybe a bit in the summer months, but definitely not in February. So we're going to open our game tonight. The curtain rises on the hotel where several of our investigators are just rousing from the their slumber in the morning. And then one investigator is already hard at work. Sigmund, your pen is continuing to fly over the paper. Uh, you're furiously writing all of the um, all of the mental pictures that you took from the estate. You're working them out onto the paper. You're going over the details of what you saw in that room, how the flesh ran over the walls and the floor. And then there was this pod or this call that you vivisected. It's all very fascinating. Try to write down, capture every, not just the textures, but the smells, everything. Even if it causes me a little turmoil mentally, you know, to kind of rehash that. Uh, he views it as a worthwhile sacrifice for medical purposes because if he's right, then whatever this is proves some of his more interesting medical theories. There's something that you're trying to also include, and that is what your brain is telling you about the occult knowledge and energy raising that was done. There are a lot of things that your science can explain it can't explain the tendrils wrapping this spirit. That is it's something beyond your comprehension. I include it in the journal. Actually, you know what? If um, I, th I think maybe I start a new journal with, with this information in it. My old medical journal doesn't seem the place for this. So 
And I, I think he's going to start a brand new journal for this, maybe a different book. This seems like a, some less medicine and more, I don't know, paramedicine. Hmm, interesting. Parabiology. But he writes furiously. The body, too. The one that you mm-hmm. and Lillian removed from the estate is still such a curious matter. No belly button. No fingerprints. The flesh was smooth and, quite frankly, it seemed a bit dollish, almost. As if someone had made it in a factory. Hmm. Yeah, this seems more manufactured than man. But how? And that's what fascinates Sigmund, is how it could be reproduced. If it could be reproduced, the medical applications alone would be world-changing. You realize that the best way to coax these thoughts from your mind is to get the, the blood flowing. And so, taking book and, and pen in hand, you begin a very steady march back and forth across the floor to try to raise up um, the, the blood energy, as it were. Um, and really... Lawrence, it's this sound that wakes you up. As the steady and even beat of the German doctor's heels on the floorboards outside your sleeping quarters brings you to. Do you mind? Um, No, not at all. I don't mind at all. He goes back to what he was if doing. If you keep pacing like that, you're going to wear a hole in the floor. Well, it's not my floor, but you seem to be awake, so I don't know what you're complaining about. What time is it? Um, well, what time is it, Mike? By the clock that's out here in the uh, in the main area, it seems to be about uh, quarter to seven. It's almost seven o'clock. More than past time for you to be awake and not getting breakfast. A massive amount of grumbling erupts. <laughs> you, uh, you hear a small bear begin to rouse from the uh, the room next door, Doctor. Well, with all that grumbling, I, beco- I pour him some coffee and probably a couple mugs more because it's going. To, he's probably not going to be alone. <laughs> Miss O'Shea... In the uh, further off adjoining room, while this noise is not necessarily what spurs you awake, uh, you do feel some stiffness in your back today, and that's what wakes you up. You don't know how or why uh, you came to have any sort of back pain, but whatever position you slept in must have made it uncomfortable, and your hand kind of just subconsciously reaches back to try to ease the, the muscles into a, some sort of workable shape. And you feel a hardness back there, just a, a, a different texture to the skin, almost as if there's a something on your back. Then I'm going to get up and go to the bathroom. Okay. And uh, shut the door and then see if I can see it in the mirror. There's an elegant uh, Victorian-style full-length mirror in the bathroom here. Uh, the hotel has provided uh, all sorts of 
luxuries. And one of them is this beautiful bathroom. And in the relative light that the bathroom offers you, you can see that there are several raised areas of skin on your back. Eight, ten, twelve of them around the uh, center dorsal area of your back. Are they discolored? They are a bit. Um, They're darker than the normal shade of your (laughs) moon pale skin. That's why they stand out so, uh, so much. When you run your fingers over them, they feel almost like the consistency of porcelain. They're, they're hard. They're no, no bigger than maybe a nickel each one. But they are symmetrical. I know my back was like sore, but like, do they like actively hurt? They are a little bit sensitive to the touch, yes. It's almost as if they're, the skin around them is a bit, there's a bit of redness to it. So it's agitated. When you have any number of potential medicinal creams or or things you might be able to put on them. It's not a burn per se. You don't get that feeling from it, but uh, the skin is definitely tender there. If I peek out of the bathroom, does the doctor look busy? Well, um, so the way this hotel is set up, you and Lillian have a room together, and the adjoining section of this room with them is beyond that. So you would have to, beyond that, to get into the adjoining section with them the only person that's in this would be in your general vicinity would be Lillian. Hmm. Well, uh, I guess I will throw on a robe and go peek into the adjoining area. Okay. Get closer to the doorway to the adjoining area and you can hear someone walking around in there. You can hear the soft and kind of subtle creaks of the floorboard. And you open the door a bit and you can see that uh, a very haggard... Uh, Lawrence is, is seems to be uh, emerging from his cave while Sigmund marches back and forth on the floorboards, pen in one hand and then uh, some sort of journal in the other. He seems to be uh, walking and then stopping and then notating something and then continuing. Um, when he like comes to pass the door, I'm going to like try and get his attention. Um, doctor? Oh, good morning, Miss O'Shea. What, um... Is everything okay? Um, can I have you look at something? Absolutely. Are you injured? Uh, I don't know. Hmm. Okay, yes, I've, um, let me get my bag and I'll be right there. I go get my bag from the room and, uh, he comes, once she's in the room, you know, comes in and, where, where do you want to, do you want to go into the bathroom, to the lavatory? Or shall yeah. we do it here? No, we'll have a in the bathroom. He gestures then. I will walk to the bathroom. He closes the door and makes sure that the key is turned in it. And I will uh, show him on my back where they're at. It's like my lower back, right? Well, it is. It is your lower back. Sigmund, you see a what can only be described as nickel or so sized dark marks that run basically directly up the side of her spine. Both sides? Mm-hmm. They're symmetrical, so mm-hmm. uh, both sides. And uh, and they run about an inch or two off of her spine, and they start right at the lower part of her back, and they okay. go all the way up 
near her shoulder blades. I gently kind of press on one. Oh, that hurts. <laughs> How long have you had these Liptian? I just woke up and they hurt. Get out a magnifying glass. I want to take a really close look at these. And uh, have I seen anything like these before? The, the fact that they're symmetrical... Uh, makes me think that maybe they are, in fact, somehow attached to the spine. But I want to give them, a, I think, a medicine roll or a biology roll. Yeah, medicine would, would be okay. Yeah. Okie dokie. Uh, 46 under 82, sir. That is a success. Well, you're certain of a couple of things. One, mm. you have not seen anything specifically like this ever. There have been times where you have seen people with um, some sort of infectious as far as the skin goes, or you have seen basically advanced psoriasis. You have seen other types of skin issues, but the differences about this specific situation or this is these are symmetrical markings. It's almost like someone came in and almost tattooed them in, in the sense that they're for lack of a better term, they are, are perfectly symmetrical, even down to your German measurements. Right. You know, just simple measurements with your eyes and even with your, you know, the tips of your fingers, just not touching them per se, but just judging the distances between the two of them. Are they perfectly circular, each mark? They are not perfectly circular. Okay. They're not necessarily all the same specific shape, uh, but they do seem to some very similar shapes. They are circular or ovoid. Okay. Hmm. He very very gently applies some sort of a numbing agent, probably a Novocaine or something along those lines, you know, uh, yeah. topically. And then once he tests it and it's numb, he, he draws very gently with a um, charcoal or a pen of some sort, draws circles around many of them to make sure that they don't get any bigger over the next hour or so. Mm-hmm. And then he gives her something for the, you know, the pain in the back. Liebchen, I'm going to say that I don't know what these are, but I will find out. And I will, of course, be here every moment to make sure that you are healthy. Do you remember anything happening last night? No, I mean, I was, we were doing our, I mean, we talked and then I studied for a while and trying to get more information about maybe what my father did or anything like that. Um, but I really don't want to worry anybody else. So I don't want to say anything to anybody else. I never, I would not, would not without your blessing, as it were. But. For now, you, you the pain should be lessened and we will make sure to monitor it quite closely. And I think you should come out and have some breakfast. I'll get dressed and then I'll have breakfast. Funderbar. The pain does subside a bit when he puts the topical on it, Maeve. Mm-hmm. Um, but it probably is just a slight... It's Okay, so I'll put it in terms that you can definitely understand. It is a post-tattoo sort of pain. Okay. So, like, the skin on your back is very stiff and... It throbs a bit and it stings. Right, but it's not something like it's overwhelming. Not that kind of a pain. Right. Okay. All right. Um, So 
Sigmund, you walk back through and out, and when you enter back into the main area, Mr. Forsyth, you've managed to get up and uh, and out of bed, and the person who groused you with his uh, Bavarian marching uh, left the room when you came out, and uh, he's now returning. Ah, Mr. Forsyth, it's good to see you awake. What gets you up at this hour? A loud pounding on the floor. Mm. Well, I do apologize if my pacing has woken you, but I uh, poured you some coffee and I've ordered some breakfast, so everything will be okay now. You wouldn't happen to have anything for a headache, would you, Doctor? Give him a couple of psilocybic acid, a couple of aspirin. Wait, this is the 20s. Where's the cocaine? (laughs) You have breakfast, and then um, maybe you... uh, eventually come on out probably a good 15 minutes later uh, Lawrence the morning paper is a buzz with uh, with news all sorts of uh, interesting pieces there's one here specifically speaking about um, there seems to be a military force on the uh, eastern portion of the border uh, of Greece it's potentially going to cause some issues between there the uh, Greco uh, Ottoman War, while it is over, it is a very unsteady piece at this point. And so there's some musings here about a worry over potential war again. Make a mental note not to go to Greece. Not that I was ever in danger of going to Greece, but uh, anything more local or more uh, pursuant to our interests? There are some local items, yes. There has been a um, strike at the mine in the north in Derbyshire. So they go back to a news report that was published a couple of days ago about the mine being shut down. Mm-hmm. And it seems that several local families uh, that have worked the mines for some time are now striking to have it open back up. I don't pretend to understand how local politics work, but given that uh, the owner of the mine is a uh, peer of the realm... I, I doubt they're going to get very far with that. Yeah, I mean, you're, you've been aware probably since you got here that there have been rumblings of uh, labor issues here for some yeah. time. And in several of these instances, they have boiled over into strikes or into, well, let's just say less than pleasant circumstances between business owners and, and labor unions. Miss O'Shea, the breakfast table here is uh, is awash with potential goodies. And uh, unlike most mornings, you're finding yourself voracious. Everything smells amazing. Then um, with a book in one hand, and yeah, I will start shoveling food in, I suppose. Uh, doctor, you see your, uh, your patient's appetite has picked up considerably. Wunderbar. I'm glad to see you on the men. Yeah. Mike, he yes. very closely monitors her intake. Just makes a mental note. Actually, no, he makes a very physical note in the back of the journal. Okay. So, But he doesn't make it obvious. Simone, your bath, as warm as it, as it was last night, and as uh, grateful as you were to have Jack there to make sure that you could get to your flat. Your bones hurt this morning. Uh, You don't know if it was the water 
or what it is, uh, but you are definitely in recovery mode, at least for the first few minutes when you wake up. Oh, yeah, I'm not going anywhere. I'll just kind of crack an eye open and look around the room. Jack's asleep. Okay. He's still trying to get as many winks as he can. I imagine so. Playing guard for you last night. I will, you know, kind of listen to my body as I feel ready, kind of slowly get up and quietly collect some things. I will scrawl like a folded note that I'll leave on the end table with a muffin (laughs) addressed to Jack so that he'll get something. But uh, yeah, I collect my things. uh, And after emptying the pockets of his jacket, I switch his with mine. Okay. Um, does, Does Jack wear a hat? Oh, yes. He's a fedora man. Okay. I will also leave him with my hat. Um, but yeah, I'm going to borrow Jack's coat and hat. Okay. Where are you up to? Um, so, uh, shoebox at hand and my messenger bag packed with all sorts of stuff. I'll probably check on that too a bit just to make sure that like not too much water damage or like the waterproof case held up for the dry items make sure that my stuff's not wrecked. It seems to still be there in all its glory. I'm going to travel pretty light. I don't open the shoebox. (laughs) I'm sure it's still, as long as it's still heavy and like if there's something in there when I shake it, I just leave it shut. And I will uh, just kind of slide out of the room as quietly as I can. It's fairly effortless. You hit the the docks streets. This hat's pretty, this hat's pretty nice. I'm going to bring the brat, I'm going to bring the brim down pretty low. What time of day is it? Is it like afternoon or late morning it's at this point for you it's probably 8 eight thirty. I mean uh, it's late technically for your normal mornings because well I'm already behind schedule that's okay though um, yeah I start hoofing it toward the uh, the hotel um, and I'll be trying to well depending on what time I get there if I think there's a chance that they're eating that I might try to scout for them first um, if I don't see them I guess just let me know when I, when I line up there or start walking to the hotel yeah getting to the hotel is a fairly simple matter it takes you maybe 15 or so minutes okay with the front door so the, the way this place is laid out just to be sure like is there a valet like is there a front door like what's the situation I never actually paid attention but like now this place is scary to me Yes and yes. Um, so the hotel here is it's actually quite intimidating if you look at it from certain perspectives. There's a doorman or two at every door. Mm-hmm. There's one side entrance, there's a main entrance, and there's probably staff entrances and deliveries and back. Past the main entrance area beyond the valet, there's a wide open lobby. That's the lobby. Yep. Okay. Um, where's the phone box? I like look up and down the street. Oh, there's one actually just right on the same corner. If you walk a half block up, there's a phone box. And what's across the street? Is there any like shops, cafes, anything kind of Um, shops for sure, but not cafes. Okay. Where's the nearest rail station? It's probably pretty close, right? Like the tube. So it's cool. Rail station closest one would be Waterloo station, the big one. So that's not too far from the um, hotel you're at. Is that like the, I'm just trying to think of like a relatively enclosed space. I want to ask them to meet me because I don't necessarily want to go in there. 
Okay, there's any number of places in downtown London you could meet them at. Sure. So what what type of shop would you like to be at? Uh, a cafe would probably be ideal, like something street, unless it's too cold to eat outside. Probably in February, not a whole lot of outdoor cafes. Sure. There what are tea houses um, here. There's yeah, the sure. Oriental Club. It's not tea far. Uh, tea sounds good. So I'll pick like a tea house, a cafe within walking distance. And then I will go to the uh, phone box and ring the hotel. Okay. You get the hotel desk pretty quickly and they ask uh, how they can help you. Uh, I'm hoping to speak to uh, Lillian Lane. I will give them the room number. They put you on a brief hold. Uh, Lawrence, you're in the main area and the phone that's uh, near your section of the table begins ringing. I pick it up. Okay, you pick it up. Hello. Bonjour and good morning. Oh, Simon. Hi. How are you? <laughs> I wince. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping we could uh, meet for tea, perhaps at uh, uh, perhaps uh, nine o'clock. Mm. Maybe 9.30. Um, give me a little time to get ready. I just woke up. Of course. Please uh, bring the uh, doctor with you and uh, Miss Lane if it suits her. All right. I'll let them know. I hang up. Lawrence, you don't even get a goodbye from him on the phone. He just hangs up. Well, Click. <sighs> I'm mad at you. Dead named me. <laughs> <laughs> He's outed you on the phone. So uh, I put the receiver back down. I go find the doctor. I assume he's still in the room. Oh, yeah. He's probably still eating breakfast. He's still probably furiously going over what her book and having having small sips of coffee. Doctor, I, I got a call from uh, Simon. He says that uh, he wants uh, to meet for tea around 930. 930? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay. And uh, he requests your presence and Miss Lane's. Hmm. Must be important. I will attend. If you could get a hold of Miss Lane for me, I've, I've got to go get ready. Very well. He drops the journal, his new journal, into uh, his bag and goes to Miss Lane's room, Miss, back to Miss O'Shea and Miss Lane's room. Rap on the door. Okay. You knock. It doesn't appear to be a, a direct answer. It's probably she's probably just still sleeping. These, you know, these uh, nouveau riche types, Sigmund. Mm-hmm. They, uh, they need their beauty rest. No money likes to sleep late. That's fine. Go to the last page of my journal and write her a quick note summarizing what Forsyth just said. Tear it out and slide it under the door. Okay. And return to Miss O'Shea. Maeve, it isn't often that you have a second plate of food, but. You finally get sated after. Would I necessarily even notice, considering I'm probably, like, still reading? No, you probably wouldn't necessarily notice until you moved to continue eating, and then you realized there wasn't anything on the plate. Mm. Right. And then you're like, oh, wait, how much food was on my plate? Ah, eh, well. Right. <laughs> Too busy reading. I slide what's left of my breakfast over in front of her to see while she's reading and lifts her fork the next time. Uh, I just 
kind of put the rest of my breakfast under it, but make note of the fact that she's eating it. He's pretty smooth, but he's not that smooth. <laughs> but if he's going to just give up this amazing food, then, well, fine. Yeah. You've grown up around, uh, you know, in places where maybe food has not been so plentiful, so you don't let it go to waste. That's just kind of how things work. What are you concentrating on? What are you reading specifically this morning? I'm probably combing back over my father's journals. It seems like Neil was fairly certain that with the proper attenuation of um, some some fairly complex protection spells, uh, his plan was to transmute himself from the physical realm to uh, the spirit world or the astral or where, wherever, whatever term. Um, the, the term, those two terms for him seem to be interchangeable. Okay. And so he didn't really give specific credence to one or the other. It seems like they had many names. Uh, but his plan was to go across the the distances to help your mother. And from what you can piece together of Crompton's diary, which is essentially what you have, it seems anyway that Crompton had some very similar thoughts, but they were more directed in the personal nature. Like his plan was to transubstantiate his human form and exist as this basically undying spirit until he could collect a new physical form. And you think, just kind of supposing over the notes, you think it's likely that that's what this form and the call was supposed to be. Oh, right. And that either... Crompton's new body. Yep. And that he may have, unfortunately... But he may have did something with your father's body. If, if, if the doctor doesn't believe that the person that they buried was your father, um, then where is that body? Or is he gone, just, just physically gone? Right. Or did we bury a body that my father was going to use when he came back? All good questions. But from the movement in the room, it does seem like something is going on, although you're not sure what. I'll just like peek over my book and look at them. It looks like the doctor's put away his book. Uh, He's almost seemed to be preparing for the day. Like he's going to go somewhere. Hmm. And uh, just from what you can see of uh, Lawrence's, um, well, he's, he's decided to put on different clothes today. Like, does he look fancier? Not fancy per se. I don't know. Mr. Forsyth, what would you be wearing uh, on your way out? Just, just my simple, normal um, daily suit, you know. Um, not, not my work outfit, but more just, you know, gentleman about town, but not dressed to the nines. Sure, he does look like he's going out. Miss O'Shane, going out. We have been requested for tea at a tea house with Simone. Did he ask for me to go? He didn't not ask for you to go. Sure, but I would assume that he doesn't need my expertise if he didn't ask for me. I would prefer if you did go, if you are feeling up to it. Sure, I guess. Wunderbar. It is settled then. 
the doctor puts uh, her coat around her as if he was already expecting her to say yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, you um, prepare, and then shortly thereafter are out about on London, uh, off to a tea house. So you guys are headed out um, to a tea house, not too far from the hotel. The weather today is actually fair skied. Uh, the clouds have parted. And for the first time since you've been in London, you see blue skies and the sun is out. Feels fantastic. I feel better in the fresh air for some reason. It's fresh, but it's, it's a little brisk, but it's still fresh, that's for sure. Uh, the tea house is not too terribly busy. Uh, but uh, why don't, as you guys walk up, why don't you give me spot hidden rolls? 89 out of 72. I see nothing. 21 under 70, that is a hard success, sir. 66 over 57. Not gonna do it. So, you guys head in. Um, doctor, if you didn't know any better, you'd say that there's a guy across the street sure looks familiar at least hat and coat do and give him a once over but uh, I don't draw attention to him as we enter the tea house I hold the door to both of them yeah if you didn't know anybody you'd say that's Jack hmm he's got his back turned to you but it sure looks like him you had a note but if he's doing something important I don't want to I don't want to be the one to stand in the way. So yeah, I go inside after and close the door. Okay. You head into the tea house. It's about 9.30ish. Uh, it smells fantastic in here. Uh, even if you're not a tea sort of person, the um, just the, the aromatics alone. I don't know how many of you have been to uh, proper tea houses, but uh, this one probably has a mix of scents from all over the place. There are a lot of... Um, adventurous tea drinkers in England, that's for sure. Oh, so we fit right in. You seem to, yes. Uh, they have caffeinated and, of course, non. Doctor, you, you probably could uh, give me a medicine roll in here, for that matter. I would love to. Uh, 46 under 82. Um, they have a couple of teas here from India and the Orient as well. Ooh. There are some... Medicinal properties of the the not the not in a steeped version, obviously, but the the loose tea leaves you eye very closely. Ooh. Once everyone is settled and has their drinks and stuff, I I maybe linger up at the counter for a few minutes to talk to the vendor about them. How much, like, say a quarter, like a quarter pound of each one, just loose leaf tea would cost, or even like an eighth pound, you know, that kind of a thing. Sure. But uh, not till after everyone is settled. Yeah, you guys get settled. It's not table service per se, but um, you're able to get something to drink and then um, continue deeper in and they go through the, the preparations of preparing things for you and and uh, getting your drinks ready. Miss um, O'Shea, you're, you're fairly certain that um, I'm not sure what kind of tea she would drink. Any idea? Probably just a breakfast tea. Okay. Yeah, you're fairly certain probably after the first sip or two that this tea is better than what they offer in the hotel. And it's it's by a, a 
a magnitude better. Well, that's nice. I mean, we are at a tea house. Right. <laughs> I go for a nice Darjeeling. Okay. Lawrence, you haven't spent a whole lot of time in tea houses in your day. No. But the thing that draws your attention are the two oriental gentlemen to your left, about two tables away, who are deep into a game of chess. It seems, anyway, just by your assertion of the way Black is uh, is playing the board, uh, that uh, this match likely could go on for probably another hour or two. I take note, but I'm not going to uh, be kibitzing. So uh, I do have business here, but uh, I just kind of look over at the position. All right, Simone, the tea house is open to you. Yeah, after making relatively certain that they're not being tailed, I will breathe a little easier and uh, head inside. It smells beautiful in here. Okay. It actually I- kind of reminds you of, well, it reminds you of your flat because the older lady, your landlady is uh, an avid tea drinker. Oh, she makes she makes awesome tea. Yeah, I keep the I keep the hat low, look for the group. Yep, there they are. Okay. Um, then I will saunter over find an empty seat near them. Okay. Jason table or same table, either one. If there's an empty chair like at the table, I'll just yeah. slide into it. So uh, the three of you see, I mean, you would swear that that's Jack that sits down. You have to do a double take, but it's not. I'll look over black eyes with whoever's looking at me. <laughs> so who's here? Is it, you said it's uh, Lawrence, the doctor and Maeve. Mm-hmm. Okay. I take it that uh, Lillian could not make it. It's fine. There are some uh, things I am certain you'll want to look over. A package has arrived for you, Doctor. I would recommend you not open it until you are um, in a a place where you would feel uh, safe performing uh, medicine. And I'll very, like, delicately offer him the shoebox. It's not, I mean, it's not a shoebox. It's a crate, but it's, you know, shoebox-sized. He takes it very carefully. Is it tied closed? Oh, yeah. And it's like, I kind of pat the top and like look you dead in the eyes. Like, please just keep this closed. He puts it on the table so it doesn't disappear, but he puts a napkin over it. Like one of the cloth napkins. So it's not obvious. (laughs) I will slide a uh, a waterproof case, like a tube, out of my messenger bag. And I will pass it past the doctor. And I'll kind of like roll it across the table to Maeve. I will uh, stop it and pick it up and put it in my bag. How are you doing? I'll like visibly relax a bit. <laughs> Just kind of look around at everybody. Do they look rested, haggard, beat up? Is anybody bleeding? Nobody's bleeding. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it is good to see that you are uh, up and about, Doctor. You seem very spry this morning. I am feeling quite a bit better, yes. Thank you, though. I have... Um, various things to to accomplish and no time to lay around. You get the opportunity to speak to uh, Miss Lane. Let her know that the um, museum gift shop will uh, be open tomorrow. Ivan? How's Lawrence doing with his tea? It's tea. It's, (laughs) you know... I'm I'm not that clueless. I mean, maybe I am, but, you know... We'll make you roll for it, but I think it's I think it's it's probably safe to say that Lawrence is doing a passable job dealing with tea, although it's 
probably clear that he's much more of a coffee person if he's going to drink one of the two. Yes. I do not know what you are, uh, have planned for the evening, uh, monsieur, but I hear that the uh, museum has many sights to see. Hmm. And you plan on seeing them, I assume. Yeah, we. <laughs> I'll grab like a biscuit. Just kind of gnawing it a little bit. It would be rude to uh, let you go by yourself. It would not bother me necessarily, but uh, if I became lost in the journey, and there would be no one to tell my tale. Chew on the biscuit a bit more. I think you should go, Lawrence. A little museum culture would do you quite good. Tell tell us. I'm interested. Pictures in the National Geographic might not look the same. Now, Jack gave me the breakdown of kind of how the place runs. What is their, What are their hours of operation? Like an 8 to 4.30 or 8 to 5 sort of place. Well, okay. Bank hours. They're a museum. They're open, they're open roughly banker's hours. Okay. And uh, they specialize in specific things. And the sun's setting pretty early in general right now, right? When do I feel like it's, I don't want to say darkest. Well, yeah, darkest. It's like 11 o'clock here. Probably. Perhaps uh, if you could find yourself in the neighborhood around uh, 11 o'clock. I think I can manage. I would feel uh, much safer. From what I can tell, you are not being uh, actively monitored, at least not departures from the hotel, at least not right now. At that, I'm going to take a moment to just kind of look around. Sure. Uh, 11 under 57. It's extreme success. You very carefully, very subtly, look around the room. Uh, You don't see anybody that seems to be paying a ton of attention to your table. I hope you understand my caution, considering the uh, circumstances of your train ride. Yes. Please uh, do be careful if you are going to be out at night alone. Have you all in need of uh, anything from me? I like look around the table. Then I will kind of tip. Uh, I'll tip. I'll tip Jack's hat. <laughs> I make sure to, uh, you know, offer him another biscuit before he leaves. I'll take it. Wink at the doctor. Smiles. And uh, I will jack walk my way out of this place. Yeah, Doctor, it's very disconcerting that Simone has Jack's hat and Jack's coat and seems to have his um, gait, his walk now. Yeah, Doc raises an eyebrow and makes a separate note in the back of his journal <laughs> quick. There's a, You have seen mimicry, but that's something else. Hmm. Can I get a psychology roll? Sure. Fantastic. What are you attempting to ascertain? Well, I know that there are psychological conditions. I know that some people who go undercover quite often or are, uh, you know, have to live undercover for long periods of time will develop an adoptive personality where they will take on the mannerisms of someone else involuntarily. But Simone could just be pretending to be Jack to throw off a trail. What I'm trying to use, or what I'm trying to do is use psychology to see if I can discern which one that is. Hard success, 39 under 79. 
I'm going to step out on a ledge and say it might be a little bit of both. That's probably accurate. Okay. I don't want to give too much away. Sure, sure. Uh, some but, of it seems, uh, at least some of it seems deliberate is what I can come up with, basically. Yes. Some of it seems deliberate and some of it seems seems to come very naturally to him. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm not making any judgment calls. Just want to know what I'd have to write down. Once Simone is has exited the premises, uh, he makes sure that Maeve finishes her tea and offers her a few biscuits. I'm good now. Thank you. Oh, wonderful. So the uh, the three of you then will uh, eventually exit the tea house, I imagine? Yes. Are you heading back to the hotel or are you planning on doing other things out in the uh, the during the daytime? I want to go back to the hotel. Hey, I want to look at what it was that Simone gave me and then I still have things to look at. Sure. Okay. So we'll bop back to the hotel really quick. Doctor, are you taking a little look inside the shoebox? Once we're back at the hotel and we are in either my room or Maeve's room getting, you know, things settled and everything, then he sits down and opens the box. Yes. Okay. Maeve, are you similarly doing this in the... Are you doing it in the communal room or are you doing it in your space oh i'm gonna be reading in my room so they can go about their business without disturbing me okay so i guess the question is then uh when you open the box uh you see quite a bit of um hay like packaging hay all right we'll uh kind of move some of that to the side See if I can get a, a handle on what's in this box. How big is the box? Is it like you said, a shoebox? So shoebox size. Yeah, shoebox. There's not okay. a ton of um, hay per se, but there is a, a bit. Uh, and then when you get it out of the way, you find something a little unsettling. It's skin. The skin that's there is not just flecks or pieces, but it's whole skin and it seems to have been cured this skin and as you pull it out with a very um, deft medical hand you can tell that there are two of these uh, pieces each one is this cured and durable shape of a foot Hmm. they seem to be have been impaled by this brass ring so similar to like almost a, a large keychain yeah that's what i was gonna ask is it like a lucky rabbit's foot but it's people Uh, feet lucky people feet but they're not whole feet they're just skin and as you look at like the bottom of them you can see the 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 differences in like the skin textures and that's Mm -hmm. when you know that someone skinned two human feet and was wearing them yes all right he very gently puts them down on a table leans forward leans back pours himself a drink the whole time just kind of staring at the feet how large are the feet uh they're adult size okay hypothetically because the doctor he likes to think out all pathways even the dark ones hypothetically would his feet fit in these feet well maybe I mean, here's the the tricky part for you, Doctor. 
Hmm. You couldn't say immediately no. And that leaves the doorway open to yes. Okay. He's not going to try them on. He's going to resist that that pathway because that's that's really a thread he doesn't want to tug on too hard. So, um, hmm. a closer inspection of the uh, what I'm just going to refer to now as leather. The leather of these booty shoes. Um, is it, uh, is it tanned? Is it inscribed at all anywhere inside of them? I'm, I'm going to look closely like magnifying glass, like pull a lamp lantern over and have a mirror to get light down inside the, sh- the shoe. Why don't, why don't you give me a, uh, a medicine roll? That would be fantastic. Please. 62 under 82. Yes, sir. So after closer examination with the, light and the magnifying glass it's you would date these probably the skin here has probably been cured well over a hundred years but the person was probably 20 to maybe 30 years old okay when they were taken and there is a um there is a moistness to them they're not damn they're not slick wet by any means but even examining them you can tell that this cured skin has retained some level of moisture. Hmm. But there's no stench of rot. No more than there would be on like a leather jacket. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Interesting. They're very pliable. I leave my room, make sure the door is closed because I don't want anyone to see that. Uh, actually, before I leave, I put a put a handkerchief or something over the feet uh, and go to Maeve's room. Give it a gentle rap on the door. Before you get there, Maeve, the tube, as you uncork it and take it out, has several pieces of parchment in it. And there seems to be several different rubbings within. Uh, You can tell that they're rubbings because uh, you smell the charcoal as soon as you uncork the tube. There are two rubbings. One is something that you're drawn to almost immediately. And that is a 12-inch long rubbing of what looks like a knife. Uh, The blade is extremely curved. Left and right and left and right. Like almost Uh, wavy? mm Mm-hmm. There are symbols on that blade that are otherworldly. They're not Futhark runes. They're not common occultic runes that you've seen before. There's something there in this rubbing. It seems like Simone provided both sides of the blade to you so you can set them side by side. Oh, okay. Why don't you give me um, an occult roll as you look over it? Seventy out of eighty-three. The symbols are are definitely something you recognize, and then you realize where you recognize them from, and your hand instantly goes for the book that's out of reach. And so you have to get up and you head over to the table that has the, your bag in it with the rest of your books, because you've seen one of these symbols before in Swift's journal. Oh, 
Okay. There's a knock at your door. Who is it? It's me. I'll uh, go to the door and crack it open. Yes. I have something fascinating to show you. He grins in a very odd way. Um. Can you give me a minute? I'm kind of. I gotta finish uh, looking this symbol up real quick, and I'll be right out. I'll take your time. Um, this will wait. Okay. Then I'll shut the door and then go back to get Swift's journal. You go back, you grab Swift's journal, and you begin matching up some symbols. It doesn't take you too long. You get probably halfway through uh, when he talks about the incantations to Yig. And there are some sketches in the margins like I had discussed before with this with this journal and a couple of the symbols that he's written there symbols that later show up in the uh, spell work in the back or that have been reproduced there there is this same symbol and that symbol is part of yig that same symbol is on the blade is that the only symbol that's similar uh, no, there are several others. Oh, and they seem to directly correlate with Yig? They do. And then the other rubbing that you get is of, as you roll it out, is much larger. And that seems to be the face of a pharaoh's mask. But there's something wrong with the face, like the mouth of it. Okay. That's more of uh, it's a little harder for you to interpret what it might mean. Um, you see, like the the part of the the pharaoh's um, headdress, um, and then the face and the eyes. A lot of things line up. But when they get past the nose, it's just this strange series of lines that are that are rubbed on here. It's almost as if there's a, a mass of worms instead of a, a mouth. When Crompton stole the mask from the orphanage, that other um, that uh, clipping that I had, the news clipping, did yep. it describe that mask? It doesn't describe it in detail, no. It just said okay. that it was a bronze mask. There's no definite details there. And there's no other symbols on it? No, not that you see. I'm going to then probably forget that I was supposed to talk to the doctor <laughs> and walk out probably through the common area and go downstairs to the phone. Okay. And I'm going to call Simone's apartment. Okay. Call his flat. Mm-hmm. So I guess that begs the question then, Simone, I assume your landlady takes all your calls. She, when she is feeling inclined to answer the phone, that is entirely her prerogative. She's not like, I mean, it's her place, but yeah. I was assuming oh. it was kind of like a shared phone scenario. I don't make a whole lot of calls. Yeah. Well, we'll say she picks up. There's a elderly British lady that picks up the phone. Um, yes. May I help you? Hi. I just wanted to um, leave a message uh, for your tenant, if I can. Oh, which which one? 
um, for Simone. Oh, very well. Go ahead. Um, can you let him know that uh, Maeve O'Shea called and would uh, like to uh, speak to him at his earliest convenience? I'll tell him when I see him. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Sigmund, you noticed that Maeve walked out of her room and then left outside, but you only noticed it as an afterthought. And that's because you're still trying to piece together what exactly would bring someone to create such an item. Hmm. And then also, how did they create it so accurately? He's uh, He's going to skip ahead in his journal, in the new journal, um, and find just a bl- section of blank pages and begin, he's going to sketch, write out his thoughts on it. Um, everything he can, uh, every bit of information that he can glean from them specifically from, you know, all of the tests he can do and until he hears Maeve go by again, in which case he's going to open the door at that point to try to catch her. Oh, there she is. Get her. He leaps out like a bear. <laughs> you hear you you uh you hear her go by. Miss O'Shea. Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, doctor. I got distracted. It is okay. It's okay, Maeve. I'm. I have something to show you, but um. Well, and you've seen. You've seen worse. I don't. I can't even imagine that, but it's probably true. But come, come. Take a look. Uh, I don't know if I like this. Uh, okay. He ushers her in, closes the door, has her take a seat, and then, almost like a magician, pulls the cloth off of them. <sighs> oh my. Um. What is that? Um. Holy shit, it's human feet. <laughs> yes, they are. Yeah, it's a sand roll. <laughs> Doctor, doctor, doctor didn't get a sand roll because, well, he's a doctor. Right. But but you are not. No. And though I have seen some bad things, like the mask with the tongue, but, you know, still. Yep. These are human shoes. <laughs> yes. 18 out of 46. Yeah, these are, this is bad, but you're actually slightly curious as to how they were made. Right. Are, are those shoes? I think they might be. I, I haven't read anything about people wearing people shoes. Well, neither have I. That's one of the reasons why I thought you might be interested to see them. Hmm. Forgive my curiosity. And you are going to think I'm a terrible person, but is it bad that I want to try them on? Uh, I, I mean, I guess I could see it from a doctor point of view. I think to me, there is no way I'm sticking my foot in that. Oh, yeah, no, I obviously not. I do. But there's a part of me, you know, it's like the part where you stand on a cliff edge and that little voice says, go ahead and jump, it'd be okay. Uh, that's the same part of me that says, go ahead and put on the feet. Do they smell or anything? No, they don't smell. I pour Maeve a drink. Are they like tanned leather? 
they seem almost like cured leather. Okay, if they were skinned, how are the toenails? It appears, anyway, that the uh, toenails themselves have been cured into the leftover skin. And for you, specifically, it almost seems like they were molted. Like to fit a particular foot? No, no, not molded. Oh, molted. Molted. Oh. <laughs> That's probably all I'm saying. I, I I was going to let one go. The second one, I'm intrigued. The third one, now you have to explain. <laughs> okay. Hear me out. What if it wasn't somebody like killed someone and skinned their feet what if that's part of like a snake skin well medically humans lose skin all the time comes off in tangy pieces that is in fact what a large amount of dust is comprised of but to to lose such a thick piece all at once well like snakes will peel their you know will lose a lot of times if they're in the right environment they will lose their entire shed all at once they molt it or what if this ooh going back to the house what if this is like a remnant of somebody cocooning hmm and changing into someone else or something else. How do the inside of the shoes look? Are you going to look? Yeah. Honestly, they look pretty well cured. Like no pieces of skin. Like, I mean, like flesh. Nope. No. No, it's um, it's really, there are, there are void. There are two open voids where there should be, you know, meats and sinews and bones. Okay, and then other question is, are the tops like clean cut? Or do they look like they've been pulled away? No, they look like they've been pulled away. They probably go up about four inches above the ankle. So, I mean, Doctor, if you did try them on, you'd have some some handles to, to pull it on. Oh, thigh straps. Sure. <laughs> yeah, the Doctor, the one, whatever one she's looking at, the Doctor is currently holding the other one. So I, what I want to do is leave the two of you there. I assume for the rest of the day, whether it be books or whether it be well feet, um, the two of you will be kind of consumed with that. Yes. Yeah. And yes. like pacing as well, waiting for Simone to get back to me. Okay. I go over to Lawrence and Jake's room yep. and I want to see if he still has those books on Egypt that he had before. Yeah. Because he's going to start digging into those pretty heavily. If we're going to go there, even if we're not going to go there, he finds it pretty fascinating, but he's going to start digging into those, you know, the lore and archeology span of, of Egypt. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so, uh, Simona, you're going to get your message from your landlady. Probably get it when I come back, uh, to be, to like gear up, to head out to yep. the museum. Yeah. For just a note, I will take it. And then, get everything prepped um 
How long has it been? They've only been, they've only had the stuff for a few hours, right? Seems like it. Mm, it's worrisome. Um, how far is the hotel from the museum? Hotel the museum is probably 20 minutes. Okay. Well, I have time, right? So I yeah. guess, um, I will make my way back there again. Okay. Well, now I'm definitely not going inside. <laughs> um, this coat's a little tight. Uh, I, I will go to the phone box yet again and call yep. the front desk. You get reconnected up with their room. Yep. I just asked for the landlady again. Okay. Yeah. The, after a good um, probably 35, 45 minutes of waiting, Miss O'Shea, the phone does eventually ring. I run over and pick it up. Uh, Maeve. Is everything okay? Yes. I wanted to talk about the um, items you uh, found. Very well. Uh, there is a uh, grocer across the street. Okay. Perhaps you can uh, buy some local produce. I, I, I definitely need some snacks. All right. I will hang up and watch the grocer. I go, I go check out some melons. <laughs> the, the two of you meet you do. in... <laughs> In, uh, in, in, you know, relative safety and obscurity at the greengrocer. Yeah, and I will, uh, I'll just hang out while we inspect produce. Mm-hmm. Something on your mind? Where did you find the, the knife? All of the, uh, items that I was able to assess were, uh, packaged in the belly of a ship. Containing items that were being taken from uh, the Penhu Foundation. Do you know where they were headed to? I take up my memo pad. They they were all bookmarked for the, the Shanghai. There were the end the end destination was Shanghai, but there was like a list of destinations for the. Mm-hmm. Okay, yep. part of them are going to the Clive. Yeah, I will uh, run expedition. it down, like yeah. just kind of quietly, but I will end with Shanghai. It will bounce around quite a bit, but the uh, ship is destined to leave uh, within the next couple of days. Eat that knife. I smile. (laughs) 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 You do realize it is uh, currently secure in the hold of a uh, smuggling ship. Protected by pirates. But you were already there. We. I offer her a melon. <laughs> you all asking me to go back? Me? Well, no, because I'm not going to ask you to risk your life, but I will say that it would be helpful if I had. Um, I'm not trying to, like, cold read her necessarily, but does this seem... This is almost, like, I don't, I don't want to lean into like obsession, but like, this is just definitely something she's passionate about. Like, it's yeah. This is clearly captivated her interest. Yes. Like her eyes are probably like huge and like. <laughs> May I ask what you uh, intend to do with it once you get it? Well, I want to study the symbols more and I think it has to do with a friend of mine. I cannot make any promises, but uh, 
the ship is currently docked uh, near a warehouse that uh, Monsieur Doyle has taken an interest in, so... And was the other package found, like, next to it, with it, like they were going to the same place? All of the items were going to the, uh, they were part of the same shipment, the, uh, the boxes that came in from the Penhue, and they took by talk to, uh, the docks. This, uh, Gavigan is a very invested man. He had an argument with my father? I won't pry. I guess what I'm saying is, uh, there are many facets to this pyramid. Carefully, mm-hmm. but I will do what I can to get you what you need. I appreciate it. Oh, also, the other um, one that you gave me was that bronze. I kind of like shut, like visibly shudder, probably <laughs> drop, drop a oh. handful of berries. <laughs> uh, Not the one that you gave the doc, the other rubbing that you gave me. Just the uh. The sarcophagus. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was a full. Yes, it was very large. <laughs> Perhaps uh, seven feet. More. That is awfully large, especially for a barrel. There were at least uh, thirteen or so packages just in for Shanghai from Penhu. I can only imagine that. Um, well. I'm not qualified to say how dangerous they might be, but uh, I feel like if uh, your interest is an indicator, then we should uh, remain aware of what is being sent away, and even more concerned, perhaps, with what remains inside the venue. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to look around real quick. Um, we've probably been shopping for a little while now. Mm-hmm. I will f- finish filling my basket. Yeah, I probably have, like, an orange and a melon and some Your shopping is a, is a little pathetic, but, uh, well, I was just going to pay for the basket and hand it to her. Oh. I like kind of nod to the hotel. Mm. There is much to do this evening, but that will be in touch, uh, sometime tomorrow, perhaps with a better idea of how to secure your knife. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. I just kind of nod and I leave. Sure. Shuffle down the street. Just kind of take in what the hell just happened. As we all will, as uh, that is the way we're going to close the episode down. So next week, it seems anyway that Simone and Lawrence are going to pay, uh, they're going to have a night at the museum. Uh, probably minus any Ben Stiller. But we'll, Yay, we'll, no Ben Stiller we'll in this one. We'll see. Uh, I No promises. No promises. But uh, we want to thank you all for joining us for this episode. We also want to take the opportunity to thank three new backers. Uh, So I want to thank PT uh, and John Sumrall and Callum for joining the Old Ways Podcast Patreon. Remember, if you're listening to the show and you want to have a voice in the games that we play or a vote in what happens to these wonderful individuals, uh, you need to participate. And the one way you can do that is by jumping on our patrons, patreon.com slash the Old Ways Podcast. And, uh, and come see us. So we will see you all next week.